Welcome back to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 173 of the podcast. Our first MLB preview of the season. The hiatus is over. It's great to be back behind the microphone. Thank you all for tuning in today. In just a few moments, we are going out to Las Vegas. We are going to visit with Randy Blum from the Westgate Superbook who just under two weeks ago released all of their MLB futures, team props, player props, you name it, for the upcoming 2019 season. They have seen some very interesting action at their book take place between the openers and now. One team in the NL West specifically. Also, they had to deal with Quite an interesting scenario trying to figure out how to price some of these teams because at the time the numbers hit the board, Manny Machado hadn't signed. Bryce Harper hadn't signed. How do you price that? Very informative interview coming your way. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Randy Blum. going to be up 500 by midnight. He's the sportsbook manager at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. Ladies and gentlemen, making his Sharp 600 debut – Randy Blum joining us here on the Sharp Six Hundred. Randy, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. How's life treating you? Oh, everything's great. Uh, thanks for having me on. My pleasure, without question. Let's start with this. Uh, a little over a week ago, the Westgate released a plethora of MLB futures, props, all that good stuff. Would you mind taking us through that process for you guys to come up with those numbers? How many people are involved, and what's the decision-making process like? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, you know, there's a few of us who uh, make numbers on this stuff, about five or six guys that work over at the book. Uh, basically, the way we do it is we'll all take about a week, you know, 10 days, whatever you need. You know, everyone's different, obviously, depending on what else is going on. And we kind of uh, come up with our own numbers individually first. And then we spend the whole day Saturday, the day before we put everything up, kind of going through everything uh, to reach a consensus number. So, you know, that process in itself on Saturday is like takes about six to eight hours. And then, like I said, each of us does our own individual numbers. That takes about a week or so. So it's a lengthy process. And, um, you know, this year we had, to, of course, take into account the unknowns with guys still unsigned and all that stuff. So it made it even more interesting. Take me through that. What's it like trying to account for where Bryce Harper, one of the most popular and influential baseball players, is going to land? What's it like trying to account for that? Yeah, it's tough. And actually, when we did our numbers, uh, Manny Machado was still unsigned as well. So, um, you know, we we just try to think where we think they're going to go, basically, just using Harper as the example. I believe we uh, came up with uh, we think they'll go to the Phillies. We kind of made that number one to three. So we'll factor that in a little bit into our opening numbers, but also we'll adjust a little bit when uh, when and if he does officially sign. So, you know, we have to factor in where we think they're going to go. And the Machado one, actually, you know, the Padres were, were not the team we thought he would go to. We thought he was going to go to the White Sox. So, we, you know, we had a little adjust uh, a little bit on the fly. But, you know, that's all part of the job. So, How big were the adjustments that were made once Machado landed with San Diego? Well, we opened uh, on Sunday. Last Sunday we opened uh, the Padres at 76.5 on their win total. Our initial move was up to 79 and a half, uh, but then we kind of backed down a little bit and we kind of settled on 78 and a half. Um, you know, we, it's interesting with baseball because uh, baseball is different than, say, basketball. LeBron James leaves the uh, Cavs to go to the Lakers. That's a huge swing in all the numbers for both teams. 
But baseball is a little different. You can't really win with one great player. I mean, so the Padres, whether they have a good season, a bad season, an average season, it's all going to depend on, you know, how their young kids perform and how their pitching performs. Uh, Machado is a nice piece to start building around, start bringing up some of their young talent and putting them around him. But it's not going to be instant success overnight. So, you know, the adjustment basically turned out to be two wins on the win total. Um, As far as the futures go, uh, we had them 80 to 1 uh, before the news broke. Our initial move was down to 50 to 1, and then again, we kind of settled on 60 to 1. Uh, we still don't think they're going to win a World Series with or without Machado, but at the same time, it's all about perception sometimes. You, you know, when people start hearing that news, you're going to get bets on them over, you're going to get bets on them to win the World Series, all that type of stuff. So you do want to adjust a little bit. You spoke earlier about that six- to eight-hour meeting you guys had on the weekend a few weeks back to determine what the final numbers would be. What were some of the biggest arguments that broke out between you guys regarding the specific teams, players, and their final numbers? Yeah, I mean, the the, the biggest debate, I mean, I, I don't know if it, I would say it was an argument, but we certainly debated for a while on how to – you know, how to uh, how to approach the numbers with the unknowns of guys on sign. You know, we still have, you know, Harper's obviously the big prize still left at the time. Machado was still out there. You got to still have Keiko out there. So, we, we you know, we, we wanted to – we were hoping to wait until some of these guys had signed, but it gets to the point where you want to put your numbers up. So we did spend a lot of time debating that stuff, um, you know, just, just to make sure we're factoring it in properly. I would say those were the biggest debates, just making sure that we factored that in properly to our opening numbers so we could adjust properly as we go. What limits are you taking on most of this stuff? On the season wins, we're taking two dimes, and on the, the uh, props, we're taking one dime. In terms of early action, once these numbers and these props and these futures hit the board at the Westgate, what did you see from the Sharps? What did you see from the betting public? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting with the um, as far as the props go. You know, we didn't see last year as soon as we opened uh, as soon as we opened this stuff up last year, we got hammered on Stanton over by by both the general public and the sharp guys. You were both betting Stanton over. That was the big prop of the day. Everyone thought, I guess, going to Yankee Stadium, he's going to hit 50 home runs, et cetera. Um, we didn't really see that this year with any of the guys per se. Most of the early action was. You know, just uh, maybe some sharp guys betting to some differences offshore, differences in town, that kind of stuff. Where we're seeing a lot of action is in the uh, index props so far, as far as, like, a uh, player to have the most home runs, a uh, player to have the most pitching wins, that kind of stuff. And it, it's a lot of your usual suspects from the uh, general public. There's a lot of money coming in on Chris Davis uh, for home runs. Obviously, he won last year, so... You know, if he won last year, of course, he'll win this year is basically the theory that they're going with. And then, of course, the other usual guys, too. J.D. Martinez, we took a, who's taking a lot of money. Aaron Judge, uh, Mike Trout. It, pitching is a little more interesting. We've taken, of course, like uh, just like Chris Davis last year, we're taking a lot of money on Blake Snell this year so far. But the interesting thing about the pitching one, usually the general public, whatever you put it up, they're going to bet you the favorites. But in this case, we had Sale and Scherzer as the co-favorites when we opened that thing. And uh, so far, we have gotten no action on that at all, which was surprising. So all these numbers have been up a little more than a week. Now, outside of the San Diego numbers we talked about earlier because of the signing of Manny Machado, what are some of the biggest moves you've seen? Um, yeah, there's been a few that have kind of surprised us a little. Uh, one example that I can give you 
is uh, the Diamondbacks. Now, when we got together and uh, talked about these numbers, there wasn't one person who was involved in making these numbers that was very high on the Diamondbacks this year. And But there was a group uh, in town that we actually respect a lot, and they've come in and bet the Diamondbacks for everything. They've bet them on the wins for the World Series division. It, it's hard to understand. Um, you know, sometimes you can disagree with a bet, but you kind of see where they're coming from with it. And this one, we just, uh, we're just kind of shaking our heads. But So that's, uh, we've moved that one. We, I believe we opened the Diamondbacks 73.5, and, and we're up to 75.5 on that. All right, uh, so you know, that's because it is a group that we respect, so we did move it. That's interesting because I'm here in the Bay Area, so I'm tracking all of the NL West stuff. And after the Machado signing, I noticed you know the San Diego adjustment, but I saw the Giants then sitting at fifty to one. I think they were co—I'm not going to say co-favorites, but co-dogs to finish worst in the division with Arizona, and then Arizona went from forty to one to twenty-five to one. So that was based on a group in town making a play on them. Correct, correct. Okay. I mean, the San Diego move was based on the Machado um, signing, obviously, but we did lower the D-backs because of a group that we respect betting them. So then, of course, we lowered the uh, Dodgers and Rockies a little bit to uh, to kind of compensate and even it out a little bit. Um, the, the Giants, we actually opened the Giants and Diamondbacks the same for the division, both at 40-1. to 1. Uh, But after, you know, we had to lower the Padres because of Machado and then the Diamondbacks with the respective bets, so now the Giants are up to 50-1 to 1 for the division. Total volume or handle? How is baseball betting doing in Las Vegas uh, year over year? Uh, time and time again, you hear the national guys in the media talking about how baseball is a dying sport. It's a very regional sport. How is it doing in Las Vegas? Yeah, I think it's doing fine. I mean, we always have uh, have increases, some years bigger than others. Um, you, you know, it's uh, obviously NFL is always going to be king when it comes to the sports book. Um, you know, you're not going to see your uh, handle like you get on the NFL or the percentage increase like you get on the NFL. But we, we still see significant betting on baseball, and it does increase each year as we go. One more question before I let you go. You personally, Randy, what do you like? Are there any props out there? Are there any futures out there that you've been keeping an eye on? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought there was a couple that I made recently. Um, the first bet I made was actually to bet the Padres under on their win total. I thought some places um, over-adjusted too much, and I bet under 80.5 on the Padres on their win total. Uh, like I said, we settled on 78.5, so we adjusted two wins. And, you know, I, I, I just I just don't see the Padres as a team that's going to be 500, even with Machado. You know, their pitching rotation still needs a lot of help, and they're going to need their young kids to step right in and perform immediately if they want to get to 500. So, I bet that under. And then another bet I recently made was on the pitcher to have the most wins in baseball. And that was Zach Wheeler, I bet, at 100-1. to uh, He had a great year last year. And the more I looked at his numbers, the more I liked him. He was just completely overshadowed last year by what DeGrom did. And rightfully so. I mean, DeGrom had an unbelievable season. But um, I really like Zach Wheeler. And I expect the Mets to be better this year. So wins won't be as hard to come by as, uh, for the team. So I took a shot on him at 100-1 to for the most wins. Sportsbook manager at the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at Sportsbook Randy. Randy Blum joining us here on the Sharp 600. Randy, that was awesome stuff, man. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to jump on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. It says here we should work in teams. Who wants to be my spotter? I would love to know who the group was that fired on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Interesting to keep that in mind moving forward that somebody out there, somebody sophisticated, really likes Arizona to outperform many of the expectations laid out by the various models 
that look to the future when it comes to MLB futures. That's a wrap. Episode 173 in the book. Shout out Randy Blum for coming on the pod today. Great getting to meet him. Great getting to speak with him. Thanks to all of you. As always, we are going to be back very soon. More MLB. We've got to start looking at the NBA, futures, hedge opportunities in the playoffs, NFL combine props, all that good stuff. But until then, be well and best of luck. I'm in Excel, slap, fill my closet, wipe my back, crawl back.